This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Energize your runs with their Super Blast shoe, stacked with the bounciest, lightest FF Blast Turbo Foam technology for a supercharged ride. Visit asics.com.au or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today. Enjoy the episode. Inside Running Podcast, Shoe Geeks, uh, April edition, 2023. Uh, joined by my co-host, Julian Spence, over in Anglesey. How you going, Julian? Hey, mate. I'm good. How are you? Good. And uh, Thomas DeCanto in Sydney. How you going, mate? Hello, hello. Yeah, never been better. Come on, <laughs> mate. Be honest. I'm all right. So, Tommy's running, t- running's not so good. You would have saw Humberg. You would have got a bit, a bit annoyed not being able to run. Well, seeing the results and good day of Hamburg as well. Do you want to give us a bit of a background? What happened in the end? Or I know you were niggling with a bit of a foot niggle last time we spoke to you, which is, feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, a long time. The foot's totally mm-hmm. fine now. I uh, know it was about two weeks. About two weeks ago, I had a little back, lower back issue that progressed over the. Or it happened probably three weeks ago, and then it progressed over the week to pain radiating all around the back into my groin um lateral hip as well um just to the point where yeah move from a niggle to um to a concern and so Mm. yeah so i saw my physio and need to get get a scan and it was east it was easter break and so it was i couldn't really get anywhere to get a scan done um and so i thought well i the race is in two weeks i could try and get a session done still try and train through see how it goes mm. and i got um halfway through like a um a bit of a marathon session and, and couldn't continue mm. just got to that point where i was about to start altering my gait due to the pain so i thought mm. well, that was it pulled the pin mm. and uh, i haven't run yep. since then yeah so i haven't run you get, for, did you get the scan yeah, no diagnostic yet um so yeah so i did so they thought it might have been my sacrum so what I found out about these these lumbar pelvic scans is they generally just do one region. So <laughs> they scan that and yeah. yeah, the sacrum was clear. But then I went and saw my sports doctor um, who I wasn't able to see earlier and he mm. he thought, look, it may be neck of femur, um, which wasn't on the original scan. It was like they class as a sort yeah. of like another region that they don't always do it at the same time. So yeah, and so yeah, I'm basically waiting for another scan just to rule out um, stress in the the femur. So damn, yeah, good times. What are we putting it down it's to? Actually... What's the reason? <laughs> uh, you know, it's obviously like as always multifactorial. So, but I, I reckon mostly just fluctuation in training load. Like if going back looking at my Strava, I've obviously got which looks a bit wild, uh, not knowing what happened, but 
it's just like sicknesses and then trying to come bounce yeah. back from being sick and doing a lot more training the subsequent week. Um, and there was a few, a few times that happened and then, yeah, probably just, probably just under fueling, to be honest, just there was probably some yeah. days where yeah. I knew, I knew the race was coming up and I, 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 yeah. I do want to get down to sort of like a race weight, which is for me around 68 kilos and um, yep. yeah, under fuels, a little bit of a spike in training load. Um, I'd love to blame some shoes, but you, I, don't, I don't think that was you did have a, a week where you went from um, you went one week from like one eighty k's to about one hundred and eighty k's in one week. Yeah, you, uh, I know. And you could about, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a tough thing to do if you get away, but some people get away. I've with done that it before. Yeah, often, I mean, yeah, yeah, I've done stuff like that before and got away with it. So it was basically yeah. situation was. I didn't really want to get a Hamburg and not run a PB. So I was like, well, yep. you know, it's, it's a bit risky, but I, I'm just going to do yep. everything I can to get the mileage in and get the training in, hopefully absorb it. Yep. Um, and I didn't absorb it. My body, my body obviously was not happy. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, this, you don't um, get any... Oh, sorry. This like, it's not, say... it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing that you got injured, but this makes Nita happy because <laughs> no, it does because the uh, the golden rules of training are still being applied to you, and so no no one's cheating the golden rules of training here. And so it, yeah. it, deep down, he's pretty satisfied with this. I think so. Look, I, think I, look, I don't want to see like I don't want to see. I've always been a big Tom Decano fan. I've never been fussed about your writing, Julian, but I've always <laughs> been a big fan of the Tom Decano results. But so it's a bit sad to see that. But it is, you know. To, to increase your training week from like five hours one week to 13 the next like that's you can't be doing that tommy <laughs> not forever not at 30 not at 35 36 years yeah. of age so. science is the real winner here isn't it science is the real winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah but but you know why the hip that's an interesting one you haven't really had that sort of like you know any I've injuries had, around there and yeah, yeah any sort of location so a little bit perplexed a little bit frustrated you know, but it's okay. It's so right. you were the making, um, you're making eating decisions, trying to lose weight. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, I was because um, I know there's a certain weight where, like, there's a, it's a trade off. Like, weight makes a big difference to running economy. So, yeah, I don't really want to be carrying. I want to be like low body fat percentage, and um, that's always a difficult thing for me with any build up is to get to what I feel like is lean and um, yep. in a way that's like safe and healthy without overdoing there's, it. Yeah. I, I some that's days. right. And there's probably a sweet spot for continuous training. Like I've had two bad stress fractures and both were at my most minimal weight um, at both times. You just can't sustain it forever as well. So it'd be nice to be able to lose the mass, but relative to the training doing that, not having to force any other, any other decisions to lose the weight. That's when the risk gets high, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I can't, yeah. Yeah, I, I can. I can run 180k a week, and if I just eat whatever, um, I'll I can put on weight at 180k a week. Surely not. Crazy. No, I can. I've got some weird slow metabolism, like crazy slow. Um, oh. And so I, it's it's really frustrating and annoying. But since I've like after tw- after I was about 25 years old, um, I just like I if I don't watch what I eat. I'll just put on weight. <clears throat> I don't know, Tom. We That's give you some shit about this, but I don't know about that. I saw some photos. <laughs> I saw some photos of you. You look ridiculously thin. 
a wow. few weeks ago. Mate, it's all the, the new swimming pool photos that you have, mate. You're you're a lean lean as lean. <laughs> Doing it for the pool fuck pics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. No, anyway, like, well, I've, learned, I've learned some lessons, so hopefully it um, must be hard because you, you received your Vaporfly three literally just before the uh, injury, didn't you? I was so the last session I did, which I pulled out of, I was wearing them, mm. and I was just as I was thinking, I was just loving life. I was like, these shoes are, are magic, and um, it's feeling. I was feeling good, and the shoes were feeling really good. Um, Do you want to walk yeah. us through um, what you felt with the shoe when you put them on? Like, you know, you had expectations. Did it meet them pretty well? So this is the guy, um, Vaporfly 3. Um, yeah, I, I really, uh, I was really looking forward to this shoe. So um, as you guys know, I'm a Vaporfly guy. Um, I don't, don't really gel to the Alpha Fly. So I was, I was really keen to see the new update. And um, yeah, like it, it's not a huge update, so people shouldn't expect like anything like too different. Um, but to me, that's a good thing because I, I liked the, the previous two models um, a lot. And so basically, what have they done? They've, so basically, what, what they've done with it, uh, it seems they've added a little bit of forefoot stack. So I think the tech spec is maybe just a couple of mil, maybe two or three mil more in the forefoot. Um, and it seems, and like I was saying to you guys a while back, what I like about the Vaporfly is the fact that it... Um, it has a, a rocker that starts sort of back here and then it gradually mm. builds up through here. So some of these other yep. shoes, shoes that you like, Nitto, like Alpha and maybe yeah. the, the Endorphin Elite that we've been using, mm. it's very it's very thick uh, like through here and then it's mm. got an aggressive taper further forward. Mm. Um, like to me, the, the fluidity of the shoe is improved by the early start of the rocker for me in the yep. shoe. Um, mm. So it, ha- it has, the- it retains that from the previous models. But um, what-, what I have found is the plate is maybe a touch stiffer than the others. Um, and mm. that maybe is adding to-, to a feeling of like just more awareness of the rocker. Um, so it's similar sort of position it- rocker, but it feels a little bit more rocked. Um, and do, you- the- do you think that the plate is technically stiffer or do you think it's because they've changed the, um, uh, the curve of the plate? No, it's-, more? It's-, it's stiffer. Like this is the, yep. the twos. Uh, and even, even, I mean, these aren't new. I've done it. I've done my couple of runs in these. Like it, it, yep. it's if the plate itself is a little bit stiffer, I would say. Yeah. I don't know why they've and done they, that. They, but... The appeal, the appeal to me with that one was, like, I mean, I haven't tried them on yet, but I think, I think they're saying that the plate and the forefoot's a little bit closer to the ground. So it's a bit further away from the foot. So there's more foam between the foot and the plate, which yep. should make it feel superficially softer in the forefoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's been... sorry, you're gone. No, it, it does feel like there's a bit more cushion in the shoe. So, does that mean the heel to toe offsets less if they've raised the forefoot? Yeah, good question. I, I, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, mm. I don't, I don't you know think the specs. They... Is it 3934? Is it 3933? Or what's that? I actually don't know. I don't know the answer. Interesting. Yeah. And it's never that accurate anyway, right? It's always a bit of a guess from ever half. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's been yep. um, mixed feedback on the shoe so far. Like, I'm just going to read out text message this morning yeah. from, from Toby, who has got all the super <laughs> shoes, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. One line vapor. No, it says VF3 average. And I said, boring. Pointing Toby. Pointing Toby. <laughs> Boring question mark. 
Yeah, same shit. It felt better than the two, but compared to what else is out there, it's not even close. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, look, he he's, likes, he's, he likes the big he's boy stuff. the endorphin. Yeah, he loves the endorphin and elite, doesn't he? And uh, and the alpha. Yeah, and the alpha. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I reckon we're getting two different types of people now, aren't we? We're getting those yeah. that like the we'll call them the exaggerated super shoes. And those mm. that like the um, the more toned down traditional feeling ratio. I'm, I'm a Kipton sort of guy. You're a Calvin. <laughs> you're a Calvin guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, it is interesting though. Like I think we are starting to see that a fair bit. Like I took advice from um, the wife Julian Bree, and I went ahead and um, picked up these from the running company in Geelong. This is the Alpha Two. I finally got them. I tried them on before, but I never worn them for a workout. And uh, everyone's it's probably it's probably well and truly you know in the population now people have seen pictures of the Alpha Three and so they've just stuck a little bit more foam beneath the um beneath the pod so the pods you know globally not quite as big. The outsole is actually quite industrial. Like I've worn this for about eight k workout this morning and there's like it's it's held up really well. If anything, it's a little bit firmer because the outsole is probably a bit more industrial than the first version. Maybe a firmer rubber as well, so it doesn't feel quite as soft. Um, and the offset, funnily enough, this one here was where the offset went 39, 31. So there was less in the forefoot than the actual first version. And you can feel that a little bit. I reckon it's a bit less pop in the forefoot. But I think as Bree mentioned, like the offset sort of makes the transition a little bit quicker. Um, but it feels a bit firmer underfoot. So I think this is a, I, I you know, the Alpha one I've just loved would still be the shoe that I would pick. Tom would struggle with this rear foot rocker through here. It's I don't hit that part of the shoe too much. There's a lot of rubber there, but... um. Look, it feels like the second best shoe on the market outside the Alpha One, to be completely honest. Um, I know the, I've enjoyed the Endorphin Elite as well, except for on um, some of the surfaces we train on, like dirt, and it's been a bit wet in the early days. I found the outsole of the um, the Elite just to be a limiting factor in some of the workouts. But otherwise, the shoe feels really good on a dry road. So, so you've got three shoes. I love the Alpha One, the Alpha Two and the Endorphin Elite, and they're all probably the super of the super shoes, aren't they? So they're just a bit more shoe than everything else, and I still battle with uh, with the Vaporfly 2. Um, so I'm hoping the Vaporfly 3 is probably a bit of a, a, a... It needs to feel plusher for me, I reckon, under the forefoot, so I'm hoping that's the case with the extra foam between the foot and the plate. So yeah, the, will... um, the two main sort of concerns people have with the Alpha Fly are the blistering through the arch area and... Yeah the feeling of clunkiness from such a big shoe underfoot and when they're trying to run at pace. Can you address that? Well, look, it, when the pace gets up a little bit quicker, for example, I find that even when I'm running at threshold pace, I'm taking a few less strides per minute when I'm wearing this shoe compared to, say, uh, an Elite or even the Vaporfly 1. And that's that's what they show in the papers as well. Like, you know, you, you spend longer on the ground in this shoe because it takes longer to compress the whole unit of the shoe and stores and releases more energy. So as you start to run faster, you usually pick a strategy of a length and a, and, a, and a rate of stride. And I think as you get faster paces, the rate of stride ends up being one of the higher influences. And this shoe works best by compressing it for a period of time and coming off the ground. So it obviously doesn't, doesn't work quite as well for a high turnover rate. So that makes sense. It's a bit less stable. Although this one felt more stable than the first version because the outsole was a bit firmer, I think. It almost felt like it brought me back to the middle a touch more and maybe having the higher offset at the rear. The midfoot blistering is interesting. Like I've got a pretty narrow midfoot and a high midfoot, so I don't feel that whatsoever. But once again, every shoe, this is a little heel pitch in there. When you raise the rear foot up relative to the midfoot, you get less blistering in the midfoot. 
Um, so he'll pitch in this shoe, which it probably doesn't truly need. I don't get any arch rubbing. But funnily enough, if I took the heel pitch out, when I first put the shoe on, you could feel the area of the midfoot. And the second one, especially because it is a bit narrower, the upper and the midfoot. Um, but look, that's, you know, the foot's a bit flatter, more pest planar's foot type. I, I could imagine people have a bit of rubbing on the midfoot in the alpha fly. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you um, would you advise someone who has rubbing on the midfoot to um, put a heel raise in? Or do you think that's a bit dangerous if they're not used to it? Uh, it's not dangerous as such i don't think so look if they love the shoe and the shoe works for them by any means but look if someone is hitting the forefoot or the midfoot more you're probably getting more back from the shoe anyway and that population probably aren't getting midfoot rubbing anyway so if you sit back on the shoe and this one has a bit more of a rear foot rocker so it does promote you to sit back a bit further than the first version you probably you probably could find another super shoe that's not going to be irritating in the midfoot but the the endorphin elite doesn't irritate me in the midfoot um, that's got quite a big baggy upper in the forefoot as well like that's um, you know, a pretty good similar shoe in terms of before. it's much firmer, of course, than a four foot rocker. But if people love the Alpha Fly and that's the limitation, I would I would try a three four mil heel raise in the back and see if it just shifts the shifts the pressure, you know, a little bit more proximally. Where's the best place for someone to buy heel raises like that? Uh, Pinnacle Podiatry or Spark. <laughs> you just buy them over the counter, or you yeah, have to you go do. in for an appointment. Nah, we just um we just have form body heel pitches and people people come in and speak to the girls and tell them their shoe size and at the back of ours we just have shoe sizes there. I'm sure Tom's right. the same. Um sometimes we'll obviously usually do it in consults more than likely, but if people know what they need, they come in and pick up a four mil or a six mil heel pitch and small, medium, large relative to shoe size and usually adhere it to the base of the sock liner or if the sock liner comes out of the shoe. So this is um you know, underneath the sock liner of the shoe of a super blast that probably feels a bit more comfortable, but obviously the racing flats, you know, not many sock liners come out. So, mm. yeah, mm. okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I've been um, playing around with my super shoe rotation as well. And because I've been jumping in with Ali's marathon stuff, I'm doing workouts that are a lot longer than I used to do or that I have mm. done for quite a while. And I'm finding that I'm heading back in the direction of the the more traditional race shoe, uh, purely because I the like the the exaggerated nature of the the big super shoes like Rebellion, mm. Elite, Alpha, mm -hmm. have caused me sort of weird little issues. Um, and it might be that I'm just in contact with the ground a bit longer, or yeah. uh, the fits are all a bit funny, and the the rockers are a little bit less natural, perhaps. Mm. Um, and so, do you think that's because you're running paces below what you need to to chase the maximal amount of economy out of these shoes? You know, once you get back to the paces you require, maybe the shoe gives more back to you by then. It could be. That's a good point. I hadn't really considered that. But what I was finding, though, is the fit is the most influencing factor on whether my run's good rather than the midsole. Mm. So yep. I wore Endorphin Elite for 28K tempo. And my foot went numb at about the 20, 20K mm. mark. And then it just got sore and sore it, right yeah. under the ball of the foot where the plate and the rocker sits. And for me, that, that's an automatic, like, I'm not going to go back to that for a long workout. It's, it's, it's the enough. one thing worth discussing. I've, I've had three runs between 25 to 30 minutes in the endorphin late. My forefoot's gone numb each time so far. So, yeah, yeah it's just such a stiff shoe, isn't it? Um, mm. Whereas, and then so I've gone back to the RC or the SC Elite V3, which has the nicest yeah. fitting upper for me out of yep. everything. 
And although it's not as exaggerated like toe-off, I, I know I can get through three-hour run at pace in it, no problems. Mm. Um, and I don't have any, like, maybe because it is less exaggerated, my calves have been fine in it, my knee's been fine. Uh, it feels a little bit more traditional and I don't have to think about it. That's so a that, really nice transition shoe, though. Out of all the super shoes I've worn, it feels the least aggressive, the most comfortable on top of the foot with the upper. And when you're cruising and, and picking the pace up to threshold, it's just got a beautiful transition. There's no weight to the shoe either. The rocker starts a long way back. It's a very safe shoe, that shoe. It doesn't feel like a true, true super shoe, but it's got to be arguably, I'd say, almost the most comfortable super shoe I put on for fit. Well, it sits in that second tier of what well we, mm. we, i don't like calling it second tier because i actually think that i would prefer to, to wear it in racing but it's that the sc elite the endorphin pro i think the vaporfly yes. slips in there as well uh yeah and and then maybe even the metaspeed sky like it sits in that area and um mm. and i'm prioritizing from now on the, the fit of the shoe over over pretty much all else but this is coming from the guy that used to race 10K races on the road in the what's the Coney ride? Marathons. <laughs> Marathons. <laughs> and it was a brilliant trainer. It was, it was probably less thick and padded than the current super shoes. Probably, yeah. All right. So how about I just roll through a few shoes that I've been wearing? Absolutely. Wore this once. Invincible 3. This one, got, <laughs> this one was a one and done for me. So... Ah, it, it is so soft and unstable um, through the back of the shoe, like underneath this red or this mm -hmm. orange logo. It's just mm. totally like compressed and I fell straight off the shoe, gave me tib post issues, had a hard trouble getting lockdown right. Um, and then the upper, it doesn't feel like, oops, my bad. <laughs> um, the upper just did not fit the shape of my foot whatsoever. So this has been a bit of a, uh, a flop for me, although we mm -hmm. do have a lot of customers who still love it. Mm. All right. Have you, Nita, have you, um, I know I've, I've probably spoken about this before, but have you also seen a load of people coming in with ankle issues? Actually, even in, even in V1 and V2, I saw a few tip post issues uh, back then. Definitely not as many, but I actually have seen a few more medial foot injury in the, in the, um, and not just like tip posts, for example, as well. People sort of getting issues around the tarsal tunnel in the lower part of the medial malleolus, whether they are collapsing or whether they're guarding it a, a touch more as well. But look, it's, you know, I've, I've actually found simple things like heel pitches to accommodate that relatively well. And depending on, depending on how big you are as well, like anyone who comes in who's super lightweight wearing that um, invincible, it's a lot of shoe for them. They're not getting away with it either, and a really big person coming in compressing the mid midsole foam a lot as well. But someone who hits the forefoot pretty well, we're finding that that shoe is a pretty clean shoe still. So it does depend on the individual a lot. So I can understand how you can sell a fair few, but I can also understand people getting medial lateral issues in that shoe. And compared to equivalents, right? So you know, like the Super Blast would be in the equivalent category. This shoe functions completely different to um, uh, to the Invincible, but it's extremely resilient foam whereas not super compliant foam like the invincible is with the zoom x so yeah it's, I think uh, it's the, straight, the straight swap is the biggest issue i've seen with it like people going they're using it, it as a daily trainer and they go mm -hmm. from say back when the ones came out they went from like a peg pegasus yep. to invincible and it was more yep. so probably just they just the change not, not necessarily it's inherently going to cause everyone issues but they went yeah. from it that was 
more stable to then doing everything in, in Zoom X foam, which doesn't matter yeah. how, how wide you want to make the base of the shoe, it's still Zoom X, it's still going to crush, you know. And look, it's um, it's 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 not quite the same shoe at the end of the run compared to the start of the run, if that makes sense. Like that foam doesn't, it's not resilient. So if you're running for a two hours in that Zoom X foam, it doesn't feel the same at the start. Whereas I would, I'm sure you guys are the same when you wear the Super Blast. This shoe almost gets better as it goes on for the time frame, and it definitely feels like the resilience of this foam feels as good at the end of a two hour run as it does at the start. The invincible people are probably moving a bit differently at the end of the run compared to the start. The foam's not returning by the end of two hours of running. It's more compliant than it is resilient. You know, it, as a short duration run, so like zero to 60 minutes or zero to 45 minutes, I'm, I'm sure the invincible is pretty safe for a lot of people. Um, yeah. But it might be a bit tricky if you go a bit longer, I reckon. I'm not sure. I haven't worn it past 45 minutes because I've got too many other shoes to wear past 45 minutes now. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's a reason you're not picking it. <laughs> um, yeah so this here is one of my favorites actually at the moment this is called the yeah. ultra lone peak seven all weather so this is a waterproof shoe um mm -hmm. this is a this is the same midsole as the lone peak seven which is the uh their most popular trail running shoe ultras so it's a zero drop shoe. It sits on some yep. or like 28 mil or something of cushion. Um, relatively cushion like compared to what Ultras used to be. You can yep. see, or oh, I buckled it a little bit up front there. Um, but you can sort of see here that there's, it's still anatomical fit. So yeah, yeah. foot sits and splays. And that's important, I reckon, for a waterproof shoe. So this, this is um, their own type of waterproofing. And there's like a, you can sort of see like a liner that runs inside oh, yeah. the shoe. Um, yeah, and so I wear this for walking the dog. So I've I've thought about it before I got it. I'm like I'm going to try to put a shoe on that maybe increases the range of motion that my ankle goes through, and mm -hmm. and and this is like almost like a therapy type thing for me. Uh, it was very comfortable fit, so I thought, yep, no problems. Having an all weather is great because I walk in the mornings when the grass is all mm -hmm. dewy. Often go to the yep. beach, so this stops heaps of stuff getting into my um, shoe mm -hmm. and uh it's a low so a lot of this also comes in a mid the mid i, I like the the comfort level of but it did change range of motion through the ankle yep. like having it having a cuff on it um and oh, did it again um mm. now i went a bit overboard because i walked the dog so much i'm sort of walking probably like 6k a day in it three in the morning three at night and i did get some um I, I hit up you boys for some advice, but I got some, uh, well, I don't know what it was, but top of foot pain. And as soon as I stopped wearing it, or, or, or at least wearing it like only once a day, that pain went away. Mm -hmm. So I reckon you were right about that. Whatever you yeah. said, you didn't really give me an answer, but we, we kind of worked out maybe it was. I thought it was a stress fracture. You did, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not all, we don't all have reds, Tom. <laughs> that's uh, interesting yeah yeah so i'm not sure if you boys have a dog walker but this would be a good one if you're considering it glowing review for a running shoe this week's episode of the inside running podcast is proudly sponsored by asics super blast on super blast off with the asics super blast shoe super bouncy ff blast turbo cushioning on a layer of ff blast plus foam for a super energetic ride 
Super lightweight FF Blast Turbo Cushioning, which is ASICS's lightest foam yet. Super stacked with ASICS's highest midsole ever, offering a standout running experience and head-turning aesthetics. Visit asics.com.au or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Yeah, well, it's uh, um, my wife's picked up the the Olympus uh, mid GTX, and she says, I mean, she's got a broad forefoot. She's had an aroma between three and four, and um, and she's she's found that to be like the best hiking shoe she's ever worn. So. I um I've got a passenger here, so everyone say hello. This is uh, Zara. So she Hi, wears Zara. Nike. She wears Zara Nike shoes. What, what shoes has Zara got on? She's barefoot. And that's oh, what we do in this household. Barefoot podiatry. Barefoot podiatry. <laughs> <laughs> I might just mute you while you guys keep going on. While you keep going, Julian. Yeah. All right. Well, the last one for me is just like the shoe that I'm doing the bulk of my K's, and it is the Super Blast. And this is a shoe that I can jog easy in. I can jog long in, I can pick it up. I can even run on some light trails around town. I warm up, cool down in it. I've gone up a half size, not because the shoe fits small, but because I think it's, it's good for me and I've really enjoyed going up a half size. And uh, my foot health has been better because of it. My nails are all good. I don't feel like I'm smashing the end going downhill. Uh, so obviously I haven't worn this one yet, but um, I've been really happy. I think I'm at like 300K or so in the first version and it feels like i got another 300 left i, I tell you what julie I, I, I got to address something from the main show croaks mentioned wearing this shoe and running a bit quicker in this shoe comparative for long runs there is no doubt this shoe makes my long runs about 10 seconds per k faster for the same heart rate 10 oh, listen minimum to him, minimum, minimum. I ran 10 what, seconds per k yeah. he reckons Ran on the long run with Lockie Scott and the Team Tempo guys over the hills, and this shoe on the roads going up and down hills is uh, it is a it is a good economy improving shoe. I I reckon I would run as well in this as I would in the Sky Plus in a race scenario. I reckon. I'm not kidding. I think it's I think it cheats the long run. It makes everything a bit easier. Uh, I actually think it's the goat of all long running shoes I've ever put my foot in by far. Yeah, no, I like it too. I like it too, yep. but I'm not going to talk that rubbish that you just did. Look, all <laughs> I can do is go by heart rate and effort and you oh, well, know, science and duration of science, running. Science, yeah, isn't it's it? Of, it's a bit of N equals one, but um, it is a shoe that makes long running a, a bit easier than what it should be. So, yep, have you, you you were loving this as well, Tom, but you got a bit of tendonitis on top of your foot. But you would agree? Do you feel like you can get going in this shoe a bit easier than the average traditional long running shoe? Or you think it's that's a bit, I'm over overcooking it a bit here? No, I mean, uh, well, as I, w- I always say, people are obsessed with carbon plates. It's not the plate that makes yeah. the super shoe, it's the foam. That that shoe has yeah. the turbo foam. That shoe has the super, super shoe foam. Yeah. So, no, I mean... It has, the, it has the rocker a bit as well, and, and it doesn't weigh anything. So it has all the um, all the ingredients for a shoe to improve your running economy, minus the plate. And I don't think the plate's the big deal breaker here. It's still so. like 250 grams or something. And it's not heavy. There's not plated. It has a wide midsole. There's a lot of contact mm. here. You, you're dreaming. All it has is good fun. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, would race in it, but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shoe you can run fast in for sure. If you're running a 430s on your long run, Julian, this shoe, and yes, 440s in your, um, your Nimbus 25, I reckon. I, I don't like it, p- picking the pace up. I did surges in it last week. 
on the Friday before the race and it felt sluggish. It felt like there was what? just too much shoe under my foot. I was sinking into the foam. There was no response it's not, or rebound. not necessarily picking the pace up. It's just the ability of this foam and rocker to run downhill really quickly and not feel the ground so you can run faster. It doesn't weigh much so you can climb well. The rocker's pretty well placed and... And by the end of the long run, which a lot of shoes will battle with, um, you know, with the maybe, I don't know, the weight of the shoe. There's no weight for it. And it's just, yeah, the resilience of the foam is good at the end of the shoe, uh, at the end of the long run as well. So it definitely makes my long runs look better than what they are, I reckon. I'm pretty well happy to admit that. All right. I'll, I mean, I'll cop it. I like it too. One last mm, shoe. Yeah. Sorry. One last shoe. This is my new work shoe. This is the Hoka Transport. So this is like their commuter type, light hiking, uh, walking. I mean, I've run along, I've run a little bit in it, just up and down the street. It feels pretty good. It's got like this cordura, it's called upper, so it's a non-abrasion upper, elastic lace, um, fibrum outersole, but it's more like a flat fibrum, so it works really well in cities. It's super sticky. This could be one of the like most versatile shoes out there for someone who comes in a running store looking for a shoe that's not for running. Super comfortable. Still got the Hoka kind of rocker. Um, so there's therapeutic benefit to the shoe as well. And it looks amazing. The fit. There's a couple, couple of weird shoes popping up here, Tommy. We didn't even know these were coming. <laughs> uh, when are we going to get the plug for the, for the, the what is it called? Walking by the hey, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next Whoops. month we'll talk about that yeah yeah no nah, but look there are some good walking shoes out there you've got some nice ones I, people don't people haven't mentioned a few of those as enough enough as they should i don't reckon as well so yeah, mm. yeah you're right mm. like this is the shoe that i spend 18 hours a day in this is important what's on your foot for mm-hmm. eight to ten hours a day like people get around in those shit ass sketches like go walks and stuff and they yeah, work yeah. at the hospital in them and then they like wonder why their feet sore. They blame the shoe that they go for their 30-minute walk in. No, well, correct no. me if I'm wrong, Tommy. You used to wear a bit of Adidas Boost to work, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm not saying anything. Oh, so yeah, I'm saying yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sure Julian will, though. He thinks that's a bit of a sketches-go-run type. No, no, different, different. Very different. different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, run yeah. in an, an Ultra Boost. No, one's run, no one runs in them. I don't know. Yeah. I see a few around. Yeah. About Adidas, really. Mm. Nah, that's right. Nah, mm. they see um, Adidas only on the, the top podiums of New York City and Boston and London Marathon these days. That's all we mm. see. Yep. 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 So, what do you guys got? Any exciting shoes coming up the next? I mean, I'm actually, this these two shoes, I could probably rotate between these two shoes for my training for the next six months and be really, really happy. Yeah, that's, mm. that's fair. They are both very good, those two. Mm. They are. But I'd, uh, I'd really hate to feel the ground after six months of wearing just those two shoes after that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, – I'm just looking at the incoming shoe list from my store. Um, there's a few that I can't quite mention yet. Mm-hmm. What am I really looking forward to? Look, the Wave Rider 27, that's a beast okay. of a shoe. We're loving the rate yep. what – like. The Wave Rider has been the biggest mover in, in the store. Uh, and I, I have guess. a question about that. Has it has it moved past the Sky in sales? I mean, the Sky... Oh, yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah, okay. The Sky was definitely a higher-performing shoe, much higher-performing shoe in recent models besides the current one. 
Yeah, no, the ride has been awesome. It, it's it's more cushioned. It's a little more flexible. It's it's smoother. And the silhouette's really nice. Like, it looks good. Mm. People can put that on now in the all black and be like, yeah, yeah this looks like a Nike. Like, And mm. I, that's what we judge stuff off. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. from 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 Nike in August, yeah. we see the oh well, it's not August coming up yet. We'll talk about it more. But the the mm. Ultra Fly will hit. Oh no, July the Ultra Fly will hit the store. Oh uh, yeah, that's a performance yeah. trail shoe, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be good. That'll be really good, I reckon. So, um, what about the other brands are bringing out performance trail like a? Yeah, know, so Saucony oh. have the Endorphin Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, selling the edge how's the edge selling no it's not selling well at all because no one wants Mm. a performance Mm. trail shoe like trail runners yeah yeah so i mean look at what you did you went and ran fucking you're the best trail runner in the country right what you ran lunar races lunar races (laughs) and 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 so the trail runners that like these carbon plated trail shoes although the plates are designed to work a little bit more friendly on trails, mm. they're still not that comfortable to go on technical stuff in because they're mm. so rigid. And, yep. and so you need a pretty groomed trail to make it work properly. Uh, mm. and, and, and the Tecton 2 is from um, Hocker. That one looks pretty good, but yeah. still I'm not sure how, how I'd, whether I'd really call it that much of a performance shoe or not. Um, yeah, and look, what would really in terms of a performance, if you're running a 30, 40k trail race, for example, and you go and wear the Speedgoat versus the Tecton, do you really think there'll be a substantial difference in outcome? Yeah, probably not really, because mm, the paces yeah. you're running at are so slow, um, mm. most of the time anyway. It, and there'll be some period, there'll be some patches where you could do better in the carbon shoe, yeah, uh, yeah. like the nice flat, firmer sections, but then there'll be sections where the Speedgoat will probably perform better. Yeah, that's right. It's not a big deal. So, but look, once again, that's just a new, a new variable to a trail running shoe will attract a little bit of interest and get a few sales. Whether it booms or not will be built on how busy the market is, isn't it? And trail trail running is getting a bit busier, so um, people want to try new things. And oh, you don't see too many alpha flies on the trails, but you still see a couple. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. this will this being a Nike performance shoe will go well. No, yeah, no question on that. Do you think uh, the new mileage shoe, so the new Vimero and things, will take off a bit? The new Vimero will, but that's way down the track. Okay. That's, yep. that's we don't even need to talk about that yet. Tommy's uh, been waiting for another Nike mileage shoe to get your work done, isn't it? That's you've been talking about that for about two years or three years now, haven't you? Yeah, I mean they've just really dropped the ball on their daily trainers. I think for for me, and I know people love yeah. the invincible. Mm. Yeah. Epic yeah. React was the last decent mileage shoe, you reckon? That was good. I agree. It was, was good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, very good. Oh, well, like Tom, best of healing. Hope the MRI shows you. not too bad and uh, everything goes pretty well. You guys enjoy the beach or whatever you guys do in Sydney slash uh, Anglesey during a holiday. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the bush. Watch, enjoy the, uh, the bombers. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Anzac Day clash. Yep, this That's is the uh, second biggest game of the year. So it's part of it every year. But if we're ordinary, we get to play the second biggest stage of the year. So <laughs> yeah. All right. See you. Good. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Special thanks to Asics for sponsoring this week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast. 
The Super Bly Shoe adds another super running companion to your ASICS lineup. Generous, lightweight cushioning underfoot minimizes the impact of repeat training on the body, making it ideal for longer runs, faster attempts, and recovery training. Visit asics.com.au to get your pair today. See my feet.